So hello everyone and welcome to episode uh, three of the DevChat podcast. Uh, today I'm here with uh, Andres. Did I say it right? <laughs> yes, you said it right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Andres, uh, he's the he's a developer. He built uh, Mandarin, uh, Dino, a TypeScript uh, framework. Uh, that we'll we'll talk uh, about uh, later. So first of all, thank you for accepting the the invitation. And uh, I think the the natural thing to start with is to like say a few words about you and uh, like who you are, uh, what you do, and uh, and things like that. Sure. Thank you for having me today. I mean, it's a pleasure actually. Um, it's my first podcast, so I will enjoy this, this experience. <laughs> Um, so I'm a, I'm a software developer and I live in the U.S. I've been working for the last year and a half, I would say, in two of the largest tech companies in South Florida, which is in the state of mm-hmm. U.S. And I've been developing, whoa, for quite a while. I'm actually really young, so I started developing really young. I would say that's been the great experience of my life. What, when it comes to coding... I think it's it's something that I'm really passionate about. So my background, that, that's my back developer. And I've been working in the tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not from US. I'm from Venezuela. And I've only been here in the US for the last four years. So it's been a great experience. It's been a great experience. Yeah. So like, uh, how did you how did you get into programming in the first place? Like, uh first projects that you build and stuff like that. Sure. So that's a, that's a funny story, I would say, <laughs> um, because as I, as I said, I was really young. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm 19. And <clears throat> when I started developing, I was like nine. And it was just something about curiosity, you know? Mm-hmm. I was really curious about how computers work. And, and, and like when I saw a file, let's say if you use Windows, you know what I'm, uh, that exe file is yeah. the executable file so when i saw those kind of files i was just like how can i make that file how can i make an executable um why do we have these files in kids so curiosity going to another yeah and i really have to thank curiosity because mm-hmm. that's that's what has made me the developer i am today and so I just started looking through the through the files of my computer. I started breaking the computer too multiple times. <laughs> you know, I'm downloading viruses just because of the sake of curiosity yeah. and all that. Um, so one experience led to another, and I started developing. At first, I was a PHP developer, so I started developing websites with PHP, yeah. and then I moved on to C sharp, and then with C sharp, I kind of extended to more of a backend development um and when i started with backend development i was like no i don't want to go to front end <laughs> like building websites i mean um build, you know building mm-hmm. like the the front end of the web using php when i when i started developing with sharp i was like why do i need php <laughs> i'm actually a hater of php so if you ask me do you use php i would say no i hate it <laughs> um so yeah, it's it's a funny story. I've been developing, if you calculate it, I've been developing for the last 10 years. Even though I have a professional experience of about four years and a year and a half in, in largest tech companies, 
uh, I've been developer for quite a while, and, and it's been all because of curiosity and, and how question can can lead you to to building and discovering new things for your life. Yeah, yeah. So I think, like as you said, curiosity and like the passion for programming is is very important. And I think uh, professional experience it's like uh, not the most important thing because uh, I've had like developers with uh, a lot. A lot of years of experience and like uh, professionally, uh, they weren't doing like so good. They maybe knew uh, one programming language and certain like company stuff, but uh, they've like had two jobs their entire life and uh, they haven't like experienced a lot of things. They just like knew uh, what they were using at that company and uh, that's it. So yeah, like I think uh it's very important uh like to uh try things to experience things and as you said like uh break things because uh that's how like progress is made and that's how uh new things are uh, are invented so uh, yeah so you said you are a hater of php now so <laughs> yeah i started with php also and uh i haven't used it like in i think two years like zero <laughs> php lines but uh i i i can't say i hate it but if i if i would start a project right now definitely <laughs> i wouldn't use php so uh, yeah uh and i also remember like a funny story for a few a few years ago more years actually uh about like experiencing and bracing breaking stuff uh i i played i played a little i was making like a usb lamp and i burned the laptop <laughs> because uh i don't know what i did wrong i was like i don't know i think in high school or maybe little than that i don't know and i wanted like to to build a USB lamp with some, uh, some yeah. So uh, I think that's the experience for every developer. You know, I think everyone <laughs> who's into coding has at least damaged one computer <laughs> or, or or something like that. Um, because I mean, you have to. You know, that, that that's what curiosity leads to. Um, you will learn, and yeah, you will learn to code and all that, but you will also learn from my experience, like breaking your own computer, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think already the developer can relate to that. Yeah, I think like right now it's a lot harder because uh, with all those, these new programming languages and things like that, you can't really access the uh, the operating system anymore and things like that. Like uh, you could uh, do back, in the, back then, like I don't know when... Uh, with uh, C and C++ and things like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, for sure, like, like it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great thing to, to look back uh, and see how you like improved over the years. And uh, yeah, so what's your, what's your tech stack right now? Because you, you mentioned C sharp and like, what other tools do you play with right now? So that's that's a good question because I would say every developer uh, who's into the tech field, um, really, yeah. uh, every like 
dedicated developer has a limitless stack in the way that you know we're we're always learning new new mm, things yeah. to to code. Some sometimes the things we know aren't sufficient, so we have to learn something new. We have to come up with with new solutions. Yeah. So that has made my stack really extended in terms of what I do and what I manage. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly a Java guy. <clears throat> so when I started developing with C-Sharp, yeah, I was in love with C-Sharp and I love C-Sharp. I still mm-hmm. love it. Um, but I then moved on to Java and I fell in love with it harder than C-Sharp. <laughs> so I really like Java and, and I would say that's my main stack. Okay, so now let's let's move a little to like the the JavaScript world, and uh, I think uh, everybody knows like what Node is, but uh, I think a lot of people don't know what Dino is. <laughs> so uh, I think you, uh, we should start by like uh, telling us a little about what Dino is, and uh, yeah, sure. So Dino is a secure by default runtime for TypeScript in JavaScript. And if you ask me, I love the fact that it that it can use TypeScript um, for runtime purposes. Yeah. Of course, everything is transpiled to JavaScript. Uh, TypeScript is not a it's yeah. not its own language. But the fact that you can write TypeScript with Dino and in a secure way, because as I said, mm, yeah. um, secure by default, it's really good. And what does this mean? Secure by default means with Node.js, you have many problems, many. Um, we're going to spend a whole new conversation <laughs> talking about the problems of Node.js. Yeah. And one of, the, one of those problems is the security side of, of your application. And this means <clears throat> any package in Node.js can access your file system, can access your OS. Any package of, of Node.js can access your HTTP dispatcher and create, well, create a network, essentially. Any package in, in Node.js can basically manipulate your computer in ways you don't, you don't even authorize or yeah. you don't even want to authorize. And that's really dangerous because when you have a, a application in production, you want to of the security side of your application as you can. You don't want to say, oh, my... Oh, this package can affect production because this package has access to the network. For example, mm-hmm. just a big example. Yeah. But that's that's what happens with now. With now, happens that you don't have um, security, um, and so Dino kind of breaks down this concept. And Dino comes um, with this term of secure by default. So every time you use Dino, you have to authorize Dino to do whatever it's supposed to do. So, for example, if you want to create in HTTP server, then you have to pass a flag to the node authorize. Um, basically, you have to pass the flag net, which is you telling Dino, I authorize Dino to use my network. Or when you when you want to use a file, when you want to read a file, when you want to write a file, there are different yeah. flags for that. So you there are there is a flag a low read and a low write. Dino has some some other things. Dino has import by URL. So you know yes you can import by package. Yeah. You download the package. And when you download the package, you download the whole repository. 
into the no module folder, which if you use now, you know that's a pain, the no module folder. Yeah. Um, so with imports um, by URL, you don't import the repository. You don't load anything. You import the piece of code you want to use. So you can actually tell the no, tell your TypeScript file to import a new URL, so an external file from your computer, yeah. from internet. And so you don't load the piece of code you want to use. You don't load the whole repository. Mm -hmm. And so that's really good, not only in terms of security, because there may be some security flaws in a repository, but the code you're using or the code you're trying to use from that repository is secure, so it's okay. Um, so in fact, you can, you can specify what piece of code you will use by URL. Um, makes Zeno really flexible in terms of security, in terms of how to import the the package. It's the and and so I would say that's that's the the main point, the the strong point of Dino. That's that the, the strong side of Dino. Of course, it has pros and cons that we can yeah. talk yeah. about. Yeah, for sure. And like going back a little to that import thing. Uh, right now, like you can't use uh, because of that, you can't use uh, npm packages with uh, with Dino. So I've seen like a lot of people complaining about the fact that uh, you you can't use npm packages. And I've seen uh, uh, I haven't done uh, any research, but I've seen like a few like transpilers, compilers, kind of things that like uh, take an npm package and try to uh like transpile it in dino file. yeah in like kind of a dino yeah file package library so like uh what do you what do you think about that because like uh there are a lot of libraries and useful things on npm that you you can't use right now uh with dino so like what do you think about this sure i well i think dino is something is something totally new it's a whole new concept. Yeah. Um, if we compare Dino to Node.js, um, we will find that they're not um, equally similar. We will find they're actually really different yeah. and at fundamental levels. So, yes, I understand that many people are arguing and asking about support for NPM package, but it's more than that. Um, it's actually um, more complicated than that. Supporting NPM package would mean changing the whole infrastructure of Dino. And so if we think in terms of production, we're already in, in version 1.2. So we don't want to we, we don't want to adapt that kind of things because it's basically we will be getting back 0.1, you know? So that it's it's a whole mm -hmm. breaking change if we do it. And it's not worth it because as it said, Dino is something new. So when you code in Dino, you have to think like coding in Dino. You have to think like you're using Dino. Yeah. And so that's something that I've seen um, throughout my experience in the Dino community. Many people talk about Dino. Many people go to Dino and they, they're they still thinking in the Node.js way. And that's wrong. That's totally wrong. Because as I said, Dino is something totally new. So when you, when you use Dino for solutions, you have to come up with a Dino solution. You cannot come up with a Node.js solution for Dino. And so going back to your question about the packages, 
yeah, there are many packages that are really useful, really, really useful and that we may want to use in Dino. Um, but it's really everything. You have to put the pros and the cons mm-hmm. of using NPM packages in Dino. And then when you do that, you will realize uh, it's better and it's more worth it um, creating your your package or creating your implementation of, of Node.js packages in Dino rather than implementing the, the existing one. So I think it's it's a topic of discussion. It's it, it's a really hot topic in the Dino community. Um, but I definitely, from my perspective, I don't I don't think it's worth the discussion. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't okay. think we should be discussing about it. If if we're creating Dino, then what's the point of using an NPM package? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So like another very like controversial uh, thing and statement that. Uh, I've seen a lot uh, after like Dino was released uh, was about uh, will Dino replace Node in the future? <laughs> like I think I've seen sure. this question like a million times. So like, what's your what's your answer to this question? Well, <laughs> that's something I've seen uh, on many many websites, many um, Telegram forums. I've I've seen the yeah. question everywhere actually. <laughs> On ready.com, um, yeah, uh, anywhere, yeah. and I just I can understand the question. I cannot. <laughs> um, thinking that no GS, that Dino will replace no GS is just naive. It's really naive, and uh, I'll tell you a reasons. No GS is a business-like system. So what does it mean? It means that no GS is being used for about four billion of computers. Four billion. We're not talking about thousands. We're not talking about millions. We're talking about billions. And so when you see that number, when you yeah. see that Node.js is being used for about four billions of computer, you see that Node.js provides stability, and you see that Node.js is used in production. We're not talking about some guy that's using Node.js in their home. We're talking about a whole company like PayPal, like Microsoft, like Tesla, yeah. like Facebook, like Twitter. They're all using Node.js. So they're not going to change their infrastructure to Dino just because Dino is new. Node.js is already benefiting them and it's already providing them um, production stability, which is the most important thing in a company. And so they're not going to say like, oh yeah, let's change our whole infrastructure. Um, let's just let's just do it. Let's, let's break down our whole system just because we want to be modern with Dino. That's not going to happen. Um, Dino is now here, and Ryan Dahl, the creator of Dino, same creator of Node.js, for those who don't know, Ryan Dahl has said it multiple times. Ryan Dahl has said it, um, has said, Dino is not a replacement for Node. So, like, uh, if uh, you would start a project right now, uh, would you use Dino, or do you think, like, it's too young to, like, start a, I mean, a production a production product that will probably have a lot of users and things like that. Uh, do you think like Dino is too too young right now or uh, you would start using it? I've talked about it multiple times in, in my my dev tattoo account. And it's a it's a really hot topic, another hot topic in the Dino community. And this is mainly because um, we don't know what Dino is. We still don't know what Dino is. In terms of Dino 
is only it's in its 1.1.2 version. So we don't know what Dino is. We don't know what Dino is heading, where Dino is heading. Um, we don't. We just don't know. We have a lot of uncertainty about it. And for example, um, a week ago there was a whole breaking change in Dino 1.0, 1.2, and that breaking change affected many Dino packages. Many. It was a mess. And really, when you have those kind of things happening, um, you just you just don't know if you yeah. could use Dino in production because you don't want you don't want to treat a a production environment uh, with something like Dino, which is in its early version. So you will have a lot of breaking change coming. Yeah, and that's normal. Uh, that's totally normal. I understand. I understand the the point. Um, Dino is in its early version, so. Um, the Dino authors are making a lot of progress, a lot of improvement, but the, that progress, that improvement comes with, with breaking change in many cases. So really that, that's something you have to see. And so going back to your question, would I use Dino for production? Right now, I would highly recommend to not use it. And why is this? Because you have a lot of instability, you have a lot of uncertainty. When you go to production, you want to be as sure as possible that your application is reliable. You don't yeah. want to tell your users, oh, the website stopped working because Dino is unstable. <laughs> your users will just don't care, you know. Yeah. They, they, they won't care about it. They will just say, okay, why do I have to care about mm -hmm. Dino yeah. and whatever, you know. So that's that's a, that's the real scenario. That's that When you have users, um, you have to... And yeah, I don't think it's production ready. I think we're getting there and I think the future looks bright. I think the future looks really bright for Dino, but I don't think we're we're yet in the point of production yeah. ready. Okay, so now let's uh, let's shift a little to, to Mandarin. So uh, first of all, uh, I think you should tell mm. us what Mandarin is. Sure, so Mandarin is an MVC framework for Dino. And uh, since Dino use TypeScript, Mandarin supports TypeScript all the way. Yeah. And basically, Mandarin is a MVC decorator-driven framework. This means everything, every core functionality, such as Mandarin is, a, is an MVC framework. So for instance, it's a backend framework. So every time you, you want to create something like an endpoint, you want to... You want to create some sort of uh, procedure yeah. between the client and the backend. Um, then you, then everything is pretty much based on decorators, mm -hmm. on TypeScript decorators. That, that that makes your application really flexible and readable in terms of how your code is written. Okay, so uh, why Mandarin? How did you how did you come up with this name? Sure. Uh, so that's it, it's a funny, <laughs> interesting question. I would say um, because if I, I don't, I, I don't think many people think about this. But if you think about it, many technologies or many versions have a have a name named after some sort of food. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we have Apple, and we have for the yeah. other versions we have Android Audio, yeah. Android Marshmallow. And for JavaScript, we have JavaScript Vanilla. 
you know so many things in the i don't know why <laughs> that's something that um other researchers will have to investigate but many things in the yeah. in the developing community are named after a fruit after some sort of food so it was the was the right name to to, to name it i think mandarin was was really sticky um because you wouldn't forget about a fruit you know <laughs> Just Monday. Yeah. So, so really, uh, I think that's the story behind that. You just, I don't know why that happens in the <laughs> development community. So many fruits in the development community. Um, but yeah, we have that. And that's the reason. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, for how long have you been working on Mandarin? I've been working on Mandarin for the last. For a month and a half, <laughs> well, and we're already in version um, 1.2.1. Um, we have over Mandarin has over 14,000 lines of code, so it's a really, <laughs> really big project. So, like, uh, how many time did you invest in in those like four months in writing it? Because yeah, as you said, it's like you've done a lot in four months, so. How much time do you think like you've invested in it so far? In terms like I don't know countless. hours. It's countless. <laughs> it's countless. I've I've invested in mothering, I've invested in so many hours. I I wouldn't know. Um some days. Um which I don't like. I don't like coding in the weekends. Mm-hmm, I don't yeah. usually do it. But some days I, I spend the whole weekend coding for mothering. Because there's something to fix, there's a, a hot fix, there's um, a really requested feature. Yeah. Um, and so when you when you have an open source project, you have to provide stability, and you have to provide what the what the users wants. It's kind of like a social contract. You sign up um, when you do a, a open source project. Even though you're not getting um, anything like money out of it, you're still committed to it. So I'm really committed to Mandarin, and so sometimes I just spend. 10 hours, nine hours, eight hours, just like a, a normal work journey day. Um, sometimes I don't, I don't call Mandarin at all. So some days I don't, I don't call it. Some days I do for a couple hours, maybe more yeah. one day, maybe less. Um, but in terms of how many hours I have invested, it's countless. I've invested so much, so much. Yeah. So I um, think like, that's kind of the definition of being like a passionate programmer. As you said, like you don't you don't count the hours and okay, today I work four hours, so tomorrow four hours. And yeah, it's like you you like code uh as uh, as much as you need and as much as uh, yeah, so how how it's uh how it is like to run an open source project? How it's how it's been. It's a most interesting thing. <laughs> that has ever happened to me and I, I have to running an open source project has given me one of my greatest experiences in the development field i have come to meet great people mm-hmm. i have come to meet um really really smart people and and that's something that really sticks to me yeah. um so for example in the dino community we have the dino discord chat and we have really no like Ryan Dahl. Mm-hmm. Again, he's the creator yeah. of, of Dino and the creator of Node.js. So when you see those people talking in or, or other day interacting with you, and when you see the issues 
um, that go over over the Dino community, like Tom, where Ryan Dahl is constantly participating. You just you just feel thankful about um, having so many knowledgeable people in, in this community, and, and you feel it's yeah. just um, there are so many knowledgeable people, and it's just a contribution and a direct contribution mm-hmm. to do to what you want to call. And I would I would call it the greatest experience of my life, um, as of right now. Yeah. Um, going back to your question, directly for Mandarin, how is it to run an open source project? Um, look, it takes time. It takes education. Um, I, I will I will not lie. If you're going to work in an open source project, you have to commit to it. You have to be sure. You have the time. You have mm-hmm. to be sure sure you you can <clears throat> you 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 have to ensure people can rely on you because this is what I open source project you're telling people they can use your project you're telling people yeah feel free to use my code use, feel free to use my code in production environments and so you have to be reliable and so the only way for you to be reliable in an open source project is by dedicating time. You cannot, if you don't have time or you don't you don't feel just like coding for that, don't do it. Really, don't do it. Because it will affect the community and it will affect the community in bad ways. Uh, but if you have the time and you have the coding experience, um, you would definitely, uh, I, would, I would say, definitely go for it. Um, it's really interesting when, when people, when you look at people using your code, when you look at people using your what you created, what your brain created, it's such a a nice and indescriptible experience. Just think about it. You create a code, and people all over the world use it from one day to the other. Yeah. Overnight, it's just something really great, something really great to feel. But you have yeah. to be committed to it. Um, you because you will get issues reporting bugs. People report. I want this feature. This bug is happening. Um, this and that. Oh, my application stopped working because of this. Smart enough and dedicated enough to take control over that kind of that kind of things. Because when people rely on you, that's something you you really have to be thankful about. And and that means when people rely on you and they're relying their whole applications on your code, you have to be really careful about. How you do things and when you will do things? Yeah. So uh, right now, like uh, looking back uh, on uh, on Mandarin, if you would start a new open source project, uh, would you do anything different, or like having having the experience from Mandarin right now? Sure. Um, um, that's an interesting question because there are many things. That when I look back, I would say, why did I do this? Why did I, why did I even do this? Um, and for example, I have had a lot of struggling with documentation. At first, I didn't document anything. I just I was just coding Mandarin, yeah. and and the, the the documentation was pretty bad. And and so right now, I really regret about it. Right now. We have a, a good documentation. Don't get me wrong. Mandarin has a really good documentation, really extensive. 
but there are many things that are not documented. And so that was lazy to write a documentation. And so right now I have tons of work of monitoring an open source project of writing documentation, <laughs> documentation that the users need, documentation that developers yeah. need. And because I didn't do it at the first moment, right now I just have a bad So that's a relief. Yeah. I really regret about being being lazy and not writing documentation. Now to the, the second thing that I regret about uh, about the way I handle things with Mandarin um, is the the part of code refactoring. Um, so the first few days, the first few weeks that I started working with Mandarin, I didn't do any code refactoring. I I was just okay. Let's code and let's get. Um, and so right now, what, what we're seeing, Mandarin is pretty stable. Don't get me wrong. Mandarin is, you, you can use Mandarin right now and you will have a great experience. But um, in the internal core of Mandarin, there are many code that needs to be refactored. And this is because we're having performance issues. Um, Mandarin is good at performance, but it could be way better. And it could be way better if I had done the refactor when he had to do it and I didn't do it. And so right now I just have a bunch of lines of code that are affecting performance. I have a bunch of lines of code that are affecting the life cycle of Mandarin. And so it's something right now, it's kind of like a snowball. Yeah. It grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And so right now when I look at it, I'm looking at the 100 lines code that Mandarin was once. I'm looking at a 14,000 lines code that I have to refactor, you know? So that's that's something you yeah. really sticks to your mind. Yeah. So uh, what are what are your plans with Mandarin right now? Like, where do you see uh, Mandarin in, I don't know, a year, for example? Sure. Um, it's an interesting question because Mandarin, as well as we know, Mandarin runs on the Dino platform. Yeah. And this means the unstability of Dino makes Mandarin unstable. Yeah. And so as we mentioned before, um, Dino um, in its version 1.2 broke many packages. And one of the packages that was actually real affected, like really affected was Mandarin. <laughs> and so when you have those kind of things happening, um, the future is really uncertain, yeah. not because of you, you as a coder, you're doing everything you can, but you rely on other platforms. Um, I rely on Dino. So everything that happens inside Dino is something that directly affects me. Um, but the goal for Mandarin and right now the roadmap that we have for Mandarin is we want to release the website, an official an official um, website for Mandarin that we're actually releasing this week at the, at the end of this week okay. or something. Um, and then from there, we would start trying to get contributors and sponsors, yeah. um, because we want Mandarin to grow. And, and so we want Mandarin to grow. And so we need contributors. We need the sponsors. Yeah. Um, we need to find as many people as we can, not only to collaborate with Mandarin, but to use Mandarin in production. We need people to take the risk of using <laughs> Mandarin in production because that's, that's the way it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Right sure. now, Mandarin is unstable because of Dino, but we still need people to use Mandarin in production if we want to grow. You know. Yeah, sure. And so, in the long term, 
Um, the main goal of Mandarin is being stable for production. Mm -hmm. That's that's our main goal right now. Everything we're coding, every refining, every bug fix, every feature we're adding, it used to be production ready. Need to be as reliable as possible for companies, for enterprises, because that, that's the main goal of Mandarin. The main goal of Mandarin is solving enterprise problems. So we want to be as reliable yeah. as possible. It's a great roadmap. Um, there's a lot of work to do, and it's an interesting roadmap. It's a really interesting roadmap. Um, but we're getting there, and I see Mandarin in a year um, being really popular in terms of production readiness um, packages for Dino. Um, I think Dino Mandarin will do really well for Dino, for the Dino um, will help the Dino community. And I think Dino will help us too. <laughs> yeah, for Dino sure. Growing. Yeah, yeah. I think like it, it's a great, it's a great thing that uh, what you've done. And uh, I think like that's, that's the definition of being like a, a passionate programmer. And uh, I'm sure like, uh, it will uh, it will grow and uh, it will uh, become very like uh, used and uh, popular and uh, like part of that it's like always uh, like as you said like that's de that depends on the on the developer if you like put in the work and uh, you like uh, stick to that and work on that uh, for sure like the the results the results will come so uh, another another thing that I, I wanted to ask you, and especially uh, because you said uh, you you've done all this in four months, is how how do you stay motivated and how do you stay productive? Uh, especially also like having a having a job and uh, splitting all your time. So how how can you do that? Well. It's something that um, many developers have asked me in your account. Um, and it's still an interesting question to me because I have, I don't have the, the whole answer for that. <laughs> but I try to, I try to have it. I be, really I try to, to answer that question as good as I can. But I just don't have the whole answer. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you my experience. Uh, from how do I stay motivated? The first thing that I do to stay motivated is knowing why I'm coding. Mm -hmm. I created Mandarin because it was a, a unique product in the Dino community. It was a unique package. Yep. And so that gives me the motivation that something unique is in the Dino community. So really, when you when you call something, you have to make sure it's... It's something that motivates you in the way that um, you have to ask yourself, would I do this if you know didn't exist? Would I do this if no GS didn't exist? Yeah. And so that, that, that will lead you to some more questions and some more answers about how do you stay uh, motivated. But um, one of the first things that, that you have to look at is why you're doing it. Really, what, what's the reason behind that? Are you looking for money? Are you looking for for being famous? Are you looking? What are you looking yeah. for? Because if you're looking for money, um, I don't think you will succeed. Really, um, if you're creating an open source project and you're looking for money, I don't, I don't, I don't even think mm, yeah. your repository will get one star. <laughs> 
And, and this is because the open source community doesn't care about money. It does not. Look at those whole um, open source projects like Dino, like Node.js, um, like, um, I don't know, from Netflix. Those, those projects really, they receive money for the contributors through sponsors, but it's not a direct thing mm-hmm. um, to, the, to the sense of the project. You start coding and things are added, that's it. Yeah. So if you if your main goal is to make money out of out of a break, you you won't succeed because that that's not the way things happen. You first need an, a reliable code, a reliable application. Then when people are using it, people will still want to use it, and for that they will pay you with um, with collaborations, with with donations, basically to the foundations of your of your project. And so really keep your your reasons realistic and, and you will stay motivated don't 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 be unrealistic when it comes to coding don't, don't think you're you're going to i don't know create a virtual quantum computer <laughs> uh, because you will get frustrated you know yeah it sounds like an awesome project but you have to be realistic on the kind of projects yeah. you you take because otherwise um when you start coding and you start running into into issues or running into the fact that many people aren't using your your break as you took the wood then you will stay motivated and this leads me to to say i didn't expect many people to use mandarin um right now um about that i know of that i know um about six or seven people are using mandarin and i didn't expect that really i was coding mandarin because it, it was a fun project yeah. you know what's new. i saw an opportunity there I saw an opportunity of creating a package for a, for for Dino, um, which is still really new. Um, so that was it. I, I wasn't expecting people using Mandarin anytime soon. I I didn't see it possible, but it happened. Yeah, and like as you said, it's it's important to uh, to set realistic goals because uh, like if you as you said if you uh, like target something you will never achieve. For example, I don't know. <laughs> make make the human fly or things like that uh it will like do uh, exactly the opposite and it will like uh, bring you down and demotivate you and uh, because uh, you will try every day and you will, won't achieve it so yeah it's it's like important to to like target high but like not too not too high so uh right yeah so like uh, what advice would you have for uh, people that like want to start something out? For example, I don't know, uh, an open source project, an, an app or like basically anything. And like they are afraid they won't succeed. And uh, as you said, like maybe I say, OK, but no one will use it. And why should I start it? And things like that. Because uh, I, I just finished uh, university like <laughs> right a few days ago. So um like I I know a lot of people that uh, have the skills to to build awesome things, but like they just say, okay, but no one will use it. Uh, I won't succeed with it. So like, uh, why should I bother starting or trying? So like, what what advice do you have for like this uh, this kind of thoughts and this kind of? Uh... Sure. Um, the first thing you you have to be aware of. Um, don't do it for the people. Do it because it's fun. 
because you can do it, you know, and I've seen that issue too. Um, I can relate to what you're saying. Many people, many people have like the, the, the opportunity to learn something new, something new as a language, as a new technology, something they can, they can put on their resumes. Um, but they don't do it because uh, they're afraid of that people will not use it. Or the common reason, I would say this is the most common reason, they're afraid of not making money out of it. Really, <laughs> I, I've seen many people, oh, no, I won't call this. Um, even though I like the idea, I won't call it because, well, I won't make money out of it. Really, you have to get your reasons straight. You have to get um, why you're why you're calling for straight. You, you have to be straight about what you're doing. If you're if you're calling for money and you're and you're not calling because you're passionate, then go and look for a job. You know, yeah. There are companies that are looking for a developer. So yeah, if you're if you want um, to get money, then yeah, get a job and, and you will get money out of being a developer. But if you if you're more than that, if you're more than being a developer for money purposes, and you're a passionate um, developer, yeah. then you start doing it. Really, don't 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 think about it too much. Um, just do it because it's fun. Do it because it's because you can do it. Do it because you have the idea and you have the fundamentals to do it. And for those people who want to get into programming but they don't know um, how, and this something that I've seen um, on my Instagram yeah. account and I've yeah. seen on on the society. Many people ask, "How can I get into programming? I don't. I want to get into programming, but I just I just don't know." Yeah this happens all the time really my main advice is stay um stick stick to to what you want and start doing it because i've seen many people i want to get into programming but i don't know what language really don't care about the language programming um go and get some javascript cars and and you're already getting into programming i've seen many people i want to get into programming but i don't know what to develop <laughs> don't care about it right now just yeah just go for the tutorial on youtube you you know basic steps go for the tutorial on youtube pay a course or something but get related to programming and, and, and i and i i emphasize this because i've seen many people as i have said they want to get into programming but they don't just like the starts they want i ask many people oh yeah i want to get into programming i want to code and artificial intelligence <laughs> You know, so yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, you're you're just getting into programming, and that's great. You have that kind of mindset. That's totally great. But you have to go step by step. Programming is not some sort of magic. It's reading through lines of code. It's coding through lines of lines, and so that's really something you gotta have present. Yeah, and like going back a little on something you said, it's like uh, a lot of people uh, and. Part of that is they they've seen a lot of like I think unrealistic stories or maybe like stories that worked for one two people, and uh, uh, I'm talking about like people that saying uh, I've become a developer in uh, two months and uh, things like that, and like a lot of people uh, seeing those kind of stories uh, when like two months passed and uh, they are <laughs> not a developer yet, uh, they get like frustrated and things like that and say, uh, get uh, thoughts like, okay, I'm never going to become a developer or I can't do this or things like that. And like a lot of people don't think us, uh, to being a developer as like, uh, a road and, uh, they, 
kind of think of it just like okay uh today i'm not a developer but tomorrow i'm a developer <laughs> and uh, they don't think like uh to it like getting from point a to point b and like uh they i mean you you aren't like today you aren't a developer and tomorrow are a developer you like you have to uh, go to it's like a process and like every day you learn more and you you improve yourself and uh yeah a lot of people want like to become a developer just like that and uh, uh i don't know they think uh, okay i i'm gonna buy this udemy course and uh, after i finish it I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a developer so yeah yeah and that's a problem because yeah you see these these people um telling you i'm a full stack developer that's what they tell you and then you ask them <laughs> um, how, how are you a full stack and they tell you i did three courses on Udemy and you're you're like you're just like like, oh my gosh this is not happening you know and and that's happening a lot that's happening a lot I see many people just um, taking their developers because they did some sort of course or bootcamp (laughs) yeah and and so I don't I don't think that's good you know you have to be really realistic developing is more than a career developing is a life process. Yeah. You don't stop being a developer once you are a developer. You start learning new things. It's an infinite process. Yeah, We exactly. talk about technology. Technology is growing so fast. Yeah. So is development, you know? So you will always be learning yeah. development. And like the, the most important thing, it's like your mindset and your way of thinking because like uh, languages, frameworks and things like that, like they're just tools that uh, probably in four or five years, uh, I don't know. Will uh, uh, like us? I don't uh, like four years ago. jQuery was trending. <laughs> Today, right. uh, like uh, no one uh, will use jQuery. Like when starting, I don't know, a full production project or thing like that. And like things were trending and were like uh, very popular four years ago. Uh, today are barely used. So, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like uh, you you have to build that mindset, and you you can't expect like to have that mindset in three months or after you watch a YouTube tutorial series or things like that. And uh, like another another very common issue that I I've seen is like uh, people uh, reading and watching a lot of things, but they uh they don't practice any of it it's like i don't know i watch uh, two udemy courses and uh, one uh, youtube uh, playlist and uh, i read the uh, i don't know react documentation but i i don't write any any line of code so uh, like i i've seen i've seen this uh happening uh, to a lot of people and i think it's like uh, wrong because reading and like uh, seeing a lot of impor- information like so fast, uh, your brain like can't uh, can't assimilate it and like can't process it. So uh, like when you eventually get into <laughs> writing uh, writing your first line of code, you'll be like, uh, okay, but I, I forgot almost everything. Right. So you go back and uh, and watch it again. So. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned that um, because I've seen many people wanting to get into develop just because some friend of theirs 
um, told them that um, when you get into the job, you will work at Google, and so your company will have this this sick park, yeah, this, yeah, like really nice office, and that's really not the world all there. If you're if you're going to develop, you have to expect to be a office developer, just a common developer, you know. Um, yeah, there are great companies. Trust me, I've worked um, in great companies, in in great startups company, and I've had some great environments. But it's not the common, you know. The common is actually being in office. Technology companies is another thing. But um, you have to be aware that when you're a developer, you will not always go to a technology company. You will not always go to to Twitter, to Uber, to Google, to you know. You yeah. There are many companies that are not technology, but they still require development. Yeah, yeah. And so you can. Yeah, I, yeah, I've exactly. Seen that I've seen that many people watch YouTube videos and watch YouTube video like my life experience being a developer. <laughs> yeah. you, you open the video and and it's just so corporate cringe because they're just showing a lot of food and a lot of I don't know yeah. animals inside the office and thing and, and that kind of confused many people that want to get into programming. Many people that want to get into programming they're using oh that's my life as a developer and it's really not. <laughs> Um, yeah. There are there are companies who, who that do it, but it's not as I said, it's not the common. You have to you have to think that um, there are major companies which are the most famous one, but um, there are medium term and small term companies that actually require developers too, and they're not like that. So don't 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 get into programming just because you want to to get some food at, at your company. You know. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm glad you mentioned this because. Uh... I, I like remember another thing and uh, like finishing university recently yeah. and high school and things like that. Uh, I've seen like a lot of people that uh, when when you ask them, okay, but uh, why did you get into programming or things like that? Is because uh, they answer you something like uh, because programmers are paid well and <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. like that's the reason. So uh, yeah, I think. As you said, you like uh, you you don't have to think about money, and because if you like think everything uh, money related, uh, you like won't learn anything because like okay, but why should I spend uh, three months? I don't know learning uh, React or Angular or things like that uh, instead of like uh, okay getting uh, this. Uh, HTML, CSS, jQuery job <laughs> uh, and sure. uh, earn, I don't know. Yeah, so it, it's like, uh, I, how to put it, uh, kind of a harmful mentality like to think mm -hmm. everything money related because we like stop you from, uh, from evolving and from uh, learning new things. And as you, as you said earlier, like, this programming IT world moving so fast and like uh, something that we use today probably we won't use four years <laughs> later it's uh, it's like uh, I, I stay I say I'll say stupid <laughs> to like think that okay I've uh, learned this language today and uh, I'll use this in my entire life and I'll be just fine because like you you won't. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You won. You're always yeah. adapting to the to the evolvement of the community. Yeah, and like always. Yeah, and uh, a big part of that, uh, like you, you have to do yourself because no one will 
come to you and say okay I'm uh, going to learn you this uh, whole new stack and uh, I'll also give you one million dollars <laughs> it's like it's you, first you have to put in the work and learn it and after that people will come and okay I'll pay you this and this and for your knowledge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also like knowledge and uh, of course like uh, dedication and passion because for sure you can spot a like a passionate programming and uh, I don't know, a, a random dude that's like <laughs> just doing this for money, uh, like very, you can spot them very easily. And yeah, it's like that. It's like that. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with, with everything you're saying. I think it's a problem that we, we have so many unrealistic goals in the community. Yeah. Um, but well, what can we do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, thank you like for for agreeing to to do this especially uh like uh, being in a in a different time zone it's like uh, 4 p.m for me but what what's the time there for you right now it's a 55 yeah here. it's we started really early. yeah yeah so like uh thank you for that and uh it, it was a great talk and i i really enjoy like talking to to developers and i think it's like very very important like to to keep this uh, social side uh, active as a, as a developer not just code every day and uh, every right yeah. right no thank you um i appreciate the opportunity and i had a lot of fun um in this podcast well, yeah as i said it was my first podcast um so i i enjoyed it um thank you so much for having me today and really we had a really nice conversation knowledgeable i think yeah. many people will appreciate um, yeah. what we talk here and i i just hope for everyone who's listening here um i just hope that you can you can use the advices we both gave um really if you want to get into programming just go straight into it don't think about it too much um we need more developers in the community yeah. um, so feel free to to start being a developer because we want you um and yes thank you thank you um it, the time zone wasn't wasn't a problem i yeah. wanted to be here yeah I appreciate it and I look forward to to sharing again our, our experience. I, I look forward to recording a, a new yeah, episode sure, in the future. Sure. sure. Yeah, so uh, thank you very much and uh, good luck to, to work and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep on eye on Mandarin. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay, bye bye.